everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. And tonight, we are joined by a special, special guest. So we're going to get right down to it, and then I'm going to do my roundtable, and then we're going to get right into the topics. We are joined by Brett Meeser tonight, fellow comedian, fellow wrestling aficionado. Ah. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am excellent. So before I start my whole rant, where can people find you and what are you up to? Uh, well, you can find me on social media and YouTube uh, as Popcorn Beard. Um, that's my movie review channel. So I've been doing a lot of that on the side. So I just go out and see a lot of movies and then I just review them. And that's pretty much where all my like creativity has been going to lately. So that's what I'm plugging right now. So Popcorn Beard's on Twitter, Facebook. No, he's not on Facebook. I'm not there. <laughs> Uh, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So just search okay, that cool. up, and that's where I am. All right, nice. so we will put the link down below where people can find sure. you on Popcorn Beard on YouTube, tag you in there, and uh, and put you down below. So, of course, because we want to share the love. That's the whole thing about this show is about uh, having fun, about talking about our passion projects, things we enjoy, and then sharing as much as possible because we always say there's more than one channel that people can watch, okay? You don't got to be – true. That's right. That's right. Spread the love. Yep. Rod, we're going to do it this time. I'm going to do it opposite this way. Rod, where can yeah. people find you this time around? As I always say, you can find me on the World Wide Web. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C, M-R-R-O-D-C. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. You can also find me on TikTok at DJ Rod C1. That's DJ Rod C1. As I always say, shout me out. If you see me on there, come on through. Just hail me up, and I'll definitely hail you back. Tell me you saw you saw me from uh, saw us from from Iconist podcast, and I hold you up, and that's it. Barry, where can they find you? Ooh. Okay, here it comes down to. So first and foremost, if you want to find anything that I'm doing solo, uh, check out Barry3D.com. That's my website. Everything is plugged on there with tour dates everywhere I'm going to be. And of course, there's times I do comedy with the comedy troupe I'm a part of. That is a touch of gray matter. That is myself, Zolf Ali, and Dave Sokolowski. We've got some shows coming up, some fundraisers. So please, when the dates get posted, come out and support. Also, this show is sponsored by the books, right? We read the books, we review the books, and we talk about other things outside of that. But mainly, if you've got to go to a comic book store, check out Kitchener and go to WoW Comics. Tell Wes, Ramon, Sydney, and Chris that we said hi. You tell them you heard about, the, heard about them on the Iconist podcast, and they'll take care of you. If you're out in Montreal to our fans out there, please check out Check Swings on the South Shore. Go by and see Trevor, Dom, Pierre, and Pierre. There's two Pierre's that work there. Tell them that you heard about them on the Iconist podcast, and they will make sure you have a great time and find whatever you need to get from books to sports cards. That's where they specialize in. Also, another friend of the show is Miss Brandy Ford. You can find her at 4680q.com um, on Mondays, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. and Saturdays at 12 p.m. She does her show there live, and she also has the writer and the wit. Once again, the link is right below. Okay, and then last but not least, the man that makes us look so pretty. So you too, if you want to start a podcast like we're doing, we use Podbean. Please go and reach out to Podbean. Check it out. It's one of the easier apps to turn around and, uh, and, and sites to use to get your podcast out there to the world. And if you need to get any work done, if you need a logo, any graphic design, templates, posters, t-shirts, whatever it is, you can only reach out to one man and one man only. The man, the myth, the legend, 
Rod, who am I talking about? Jay Bird Digital Art, 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 Jason Reese, Jay Bird Digital Arts. Hook him up. Yeah. Tell him up. Tell him you heard about him on the Iconist podcast, and he will give you a d- 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 discount. Woo! Woo! Mm. Also, this is episode two of year three. We, we, we still going. We're still going. And we also we got gas in the tank. Stuff. We're still working out. That's right. So bottom line is like, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Please turn your notifications on. Please subscribe to our page. Even if you're listening and you only listen to it as a podcast, find our YouTube page, subscribe, follow, whatever. Do those numbers. Each click helps the channel grow. And of course, we got a Patreon page, and we also got another page where you get uh, a coffee page. We can do a one-time tip. All right. Thank you for your support. It means a lot. And all the friends and people that we listen to us in the States, overseas, the UK. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Which brings me to tonight's episode. Well, tonight for us, but we're talking about one of my favorite topics. Wrestling. (laughs) Right? And the icon Mm -hmm. is on the Iconist podcast once again. A-P-W. A-E-Dub. Wrestling. I'm sitting here in my AEW shirt. And right now I'm going to pull up a picture. You guys can see it. It was me along with my buddy Chris Jarvie and a friend of his when we went and saw them over here in Hamilton when they came down on the Wednesday night. i got to do a shout out mm-hmm. to Eric Johnston. Thank you very much. He's a local comedian um, who was able to hook me up with a ticket. Thank you. Matters make it the man. Mm-hmm. Why do I like AEW wrestling? Okay, first let me just start. I'm talking enough. Right. Why do you like AEW wrestling? What about AEW attracts you maybe more than WWE, or do you like WWE just the same, or is it different for you? Uh, for me, because I've been watching wrestling my whole life, right? So I'm I started with WWE, probably like everybody else, WWF, right? And right, I definitely got into ECW and I got into WCW, like just because all my friends around me liked wrestling too so i grew up with just everyone we watched wrestling so when we saw like ecw and that crazy hardcore stuff we're like what is this you know and we're watching wcw and there's a lot of different wrestling on wcw at that time too because the cruiserweights and right like you saw, saw luchador wrestling which was i don't even think you called it luchador wrestling back then right it's just like there's these mexican dudes wrestling what is this this is crazy some high five high flying stuff because like you you know we grew up with macho man and hulk hogan and like really boots on the ground type wrestling right yep and then you get introduced to all this really crazy stuff so the cruiser cruiser stuff happened and then like i got into Back to WWE a bit more, right? In through the Attitude Area, like everybody else, and then TNA happened, and I was like, "What's this thing over here?" Right, watching TNA on Spike TV, so I'm like, "This is interesting," and it's the six sided ring, um, and also a very different mixture of wrestling. I think that's where I actually got more introduced into chain chain wrestling too. They had a, just a little different technique there, yeah. And then. From that, it's like you go back to WWE, right? I didn't actually watch Ring of Honor because I just couldn't find it around here. So whatever was on, like, cable TV is what I really watched wrestling-wise, um, except right. for ECW, which was kind of, like, pirated, uh, like, on the old the old boxes, you know, what we used to get? The old box. <laughs> so we'd get the box and watch the, pay- uh, the pay-per-views that way, or we'd get tapes, and we'd see yes. the ECW matches on the tapes. 
So then once wrestling kind of went back to WWE for a bit, there was nothing else to watch other than WWE. And like TNA kind of faded out a little bit and Impact kind of kicked them around a bit. And I watched Impact. I watch Impact more now today than ever before. Mm-hmm. But then like AEW shows up. And actually, before I even get into AEW, I actually got into New Japan wrestling then. Because right. There's that. That's yeah, exactly. So New Japan wrestling came into my life because I was tired of WWE stuff because it's just boring. Like it lost. It's just edge. boring. It just lost its edge. Maybe because I got older with the product. I don't know. Things change, right? But mm. then I got into New Japan because my friend was into it. And he's like, "Have you seen this stuff?" I'm like, "No. What is this cool stuff?" So I started watching it, and then that's how I got into like uh, Bullet Club. Obviously, was like a gateway yes. into New Japan. And then seeing, like, I, I was like, oh, AJ Styles is over here. That's cool. And then, like, oh, who's this Kenny Omega guy? So, like, getting into the world of New Japan and seeing this totally different style of wrestling, like, strong style, like, blew my mind in a sense. You know, you're just like, what is this? <laughs> what are they doing over there? So, I watched that for as many years as until AEW formed, right? That was, like, my secondary wrestling show. Because for WWE, for me, it only came down to I'm only watching pay-per-views. And I didn't really watch the main show anymore. So I watched just the pay-per-views. And then whenever New Japan would drop a new pay-per-view, I'm like, I'm on top of that, too. So that's, like, the two worlds, so to speak. But New Japan was just doing some crazy stuff, you know? And there's a lot of cool things that I like about New Japan. But then and then I got into BTE because the the whole, like, Bullet Club and being the elite YouTube right. channel stuff. And I like, I was like, this is really an interesting way to just tell a story, in a sense. Like, using... YouTube, the modern technology in a sense to string along a story that works with New Japan. Because New Japan doesn't really tell stories, it seems like, right? Like no, they just get right into the match and go for it. Yeah, maybe there's a story there, but as a person outsider, I don't have a connection to what's the story, but I'm there for the matches because they're fire, right? But BTE kind of strung together a narrative for everything going around, like in their world, right? That kind of connected what's going on in New Japan for us as outsiders. And I really enjoyed that. So then when they made AEW, I was like, well, I'm going to go there. (laughs) You know, I'm going to watch these guys. Like, because I've been watching them for, geez, like five years at that point. I was like, this is great. So, okay, let's let's see what this is going to be. And here we are, like, like, what, three years later? It It feels like forever now. And it's just a very refreshing style of wrestling. It kind of combined the world of New Japan style of wrestling, a little luchador style of wrestling, yep. and then mashed in WWE style of storytelling, right? It's just like this big ball of different elements that make AEW. And sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> but you got to try. Not everything works if you I try, like- but I get you. Yeah, yeah. But in general, I like this product because it's different. It kind of sometimes reminds me of WCW. Like there's there's those days when you see a certain match, you're like, "This is a WW, this is a WCW show, right?" Like, yeah, yeah. So you can see they got those influences from there. You know, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's like, what makes it really interesting. Like you know, and they took a lot of the indie wrestlers, so not every wrestler has yeah. to be six foot seven, three hundred pounds, and just yeah. like just cake, you know, you got yeah. guys that you're looking at like, don't look that big. Yeah. You know? Can you make it out alive kind of scenario? I <laughs> know, <laughs> seriously, I, I, not even to cut off to jump in. I, like, I've, yeah. I've seen a couple, and I'm like, again, I'm, I grew up in a WWF, WWE world. 
And I know, like you said, I've kind of like faded off with, you know, Impact and everybody else. But when I see WE, I'm like, mm, can you, are, did someone give you permission slip to be in this ring, son? Are, are, are you allowed to be here? Mm-hmm. I worry for you. I don't know if you can make it. I, yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all you want to do. So, but you're right. It's different in the, you know, it's a, it's a different way of branching off a different network and just, you know, hmm. it, it, I guess it, it does make sense because you're now bringing in, you know, the elite, you know, the indie people and the stuff like that. So and that's all I could do. It's funny. That's all I, could like, do. So I, I went and I saw one of the events live. And I mean, if you watch that whole taping of that event, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my wife and, and Chris's wife, they, they were both pointing out where they could see us on the TV because we were there at the thing watching it live here in Hamilton. And, and so, and everyone's like, oh, there you are, right? Because I wore, even though it's the middle of summer, I wore my my hoodie, the Fairy 3D hoodie, bright blue one I wear, like you usually wear it on stage. But I mm-hmm. wore it saying, I will be on TV and I want to make sure I'm easier to find on TV because I'm kind of dark. Yeah. I blend. <laughs> I'm not making coming. any comments. <laughs> I didn't see, I'll make it. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> ultimate ninja so i wore it and I'm like oh there's where i'm sitting and i mean we were so you had the floor seats and then it was a, a walkway and then it's right there right after the floor seats is where i was sitting so i was if you're looking at the screen you know i'm sitting more on the left hand side of the screen and you'll see me yeah. jumping up and i'm like you can pretty much imagine how i was carrying on because i was in my glory and i saw you it's right you see in person I was there. In person, because you were there. Yeah. You walked right by me. I was like, Barry, and you're just like, I'm going VIP. And you just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up I'm up in the nosebleeds. And there goes Barry right, right beside me. I'm like, Barry, yo, my dog. He's like, nah. Is that a peasant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Do, do, um, sir, sire, do you know him? Yeah, yes, I do. Don't worry about it. He's okay. He's just, Brett, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to move quick. <laughs> brought us in and told us we're going to get good seats. And then, then we're more to yeah. the back with this company, right? So we were all the way in the nosebleeds. And then they were taking people down and saying, okay, you mm-hmm. can sit here, you can sit here, you know, uh, you're going to be in front of the camera. And I'm like, okay, fine. So they came and it's like, we need three people. So it was this other couple that I was sitting with, and then along with myself. And I'm like, okay, because I literally went by myself. I'm like, yeah. I got a ticket. No one here needs to see me carrying on and screaming like a madman right out of my family. They hear that all the time. So I gave them a break. They stayed home. I went. And when I got there, they brought me down and I got this seat. And I'm like, okay. And then they picked the other two people, the couple, and brought them even closer beside the ring. And I'm like, I go, no, you know what? I'm good sitting here. So this is what I passed you. He's like, hurry. I'm like, yo, gotta go. Right? I was all in a car, firing at 100 cylinders. And I sat there. <laughs> and then the big joke is, while I'm sitting there, I see uh, Chris and and Ricardo, mm-hmm. right? I know anyone at home is not going to understand who I'm talking about. But you know, you've seen the picture of Chris, but Ricardo is another fellow comedian who's a huge wrestling fan. So Chris and Ricardo come by, and I, you know, I see them like, so I'm calling for them, and they're looking up. Thinking I'm calling from the top, <laughs> not realizing I'm only a couple of feet away from them. And then Chris sees me. He's like, "Wait a minute, how'd you get here?" Free ticket. He's like, who are you sitting with? Nobody. These seats are open? Yeah. And then the person that was walking by the, arranging the seats turned around and, and we started talking to her saying, hey, look, um, my buddy sit with me? He's like, well, where are you sitting? He goes, well, I bought a ticket, but I'm on the floor, but all the way back there. She was like, sure, no problem. You have a friend? Yeah, bring him. 
and Chris just hauled butt, got his buddy, came back, yeah. and the three of us were sitting there, and it was awesome. Experience that awesome. with Chris <laughs> is a trip in itself. And the wrestlers, they're not as small. So when you watch them on TV, like, for example, Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. I love Darby Allen. Every time he comes on the screen, I'm like, that white boy crazy. <laughs> he's, and he, he's like a human stuntman with a skull, always teaming up with Sting. So that was the match. It was him, Sting, for example. Uh, the two of them were teamed up along against uh, Chris, Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the match. During that match, at one point, they all leave the ring. And they come up against like the boards. So the camera just kind of, that's when it, it showed commercial and went picture in picture. Because the, yeah. the camera was right on me. And I'm leaning over. Darby Allen is a lot taller than I thought. Right. Mm. Yeah, I thought I Darby Allen is like, maybe, you know, my, he looks like he's 5'7". But then he's you five see eight. him and you're like, oh, you he's 5'8". Five five eight. He's 5'8"? Five yeah. He, he looked taller. He... He's 5'8"? I swear to God, that man looked like he was like 5'10 or something. He was like, you know, and he's just solid. And he took a hit into the walls and bang. And we're like, wow. All right, Darby. And it's like, welcome to Canada, Darby. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris Jericho comes over and he's like, get up, you son of a... And he starts chopping him in the chest and you heard the slaps. And I'm like, ah! Oh! And and Chris Jericho at one point to get to Darby, to bump as me and uh, Chris Jarvie so we're leaning over, and Jericho had to come over and bump Jarvie's arm to get Darby. And I'm looking nice. at him, he's like, I'm never washing this shirt again. Yeah, yeah. Chris Jarvie's a huge Jericho fan. It's his favorite wrestler. So he probably, he I can't say it, it's PG. That's framed. That shirt is framed. <laughs> was. The shirt is probably yeah. framed. Yeah. His skin is probably framed. Cut off the skin. Yeah, <laughs> Jericho touched this. <laughs> it was so bad that Christine, his wife, sees it. You know, so she picked us up after she gave me gave us a mm-hmm. ride home. Um, you know, she, she gave me a ride home, and even in the car, he's like, "Did you see?" He's like, "Chris touched your arm." She's like, <laughs> was fangirling so hard. But I can't laugh at him because I was doing the same thing, right? So, you yeah, know, I know, Chris, if you watch this or see it, man, we're not making fun of you, man. I was just there with your madness. I mean, clearly you, you saw how I was carrying on when Darby Allen came out there. I was like, that white boy crazy, and I was losing it. And, and... <laughs> But it was a good match, right? And yeah. that's what stands out. I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers in there right now, and I think some of them are doing really good, and some can be in better storylines. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting slept over, right? Um, so that that's my like Darby Allen. He he, all right, he's good. He's 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 hitting all the marks yeah. for me. Um, a person that I think that should be doing better is I don't know Brian Cage. Yeah, I don't know why he's not. <laughs> I'm with you. I like Brian Cage. He's got the build. He's got the moves. He's getting better, actually. Like more recent run for him since he's gotten right. the uh, the trios belt, the ROH trios. Yes. I feel like he's gotten better as just an overall performer, and not even performer, but like a persona, so to speak. He's right. starting to find his way, and I think the addition of Swerve, because I'm a Swerve guy, he's like one of my favorite AEW guys right now. So like him being a part of the Mobile Embassy, yes. I think has actually helped him develop a little better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like he's with Big Bill right now, 
which I think right. is also helping him and Big Bill start to be something. Like I, I've always felt like AEW has had a problem booking big, big wrestlers, like big men. Like yeah. I don't think AEW knows what they're doing with big beefy boys, and I get it. It's a different. It's different, right? But it just. Uh, it just seems well, weird, but he should be something. He should be a champion of some sort, like a bigger champion than the trios champion. At least he should be in the mix as like a threat. Like, why is not MJF threatened by I him? Think, He's a big dude. Exactly. I feel that they're trying to kind of go with the indie style, so they're getting away from the big wrestlers, so they don't get compared to WWE. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of class of big men. Okay, I mean, look, there's there's a uh, Brian Cage. Yeah. There's Big Bill. Right, I mean, it's not big in a name. But I mean, you know. Yeah. Um. So Brian Cage, Big Bill, uh, Miro, you know, um, Archer, the Murderhawk. Yeah. yeah. Those four. Come on now, you put them in a match, and they mm-hmm. all can move. But they're yeah. not big men that don't have a move set. These are big men that can move and are very agile in the ring. And I don't yeah. know why, like that. There should be a match. You know, I don't know if he hasn't gotten with the right stable mm-hmm. right team that's gonna you know uh push yeah. it maybe needs a better mentor i i don't know i know like for example um you know the the murder hawk he, he had jake the snake roberts mm-hmm. and he was coming up and i think he got an injury so that's why i kind of sidelined yeah, him a yeah. little bit you know but brian cage is he's got all the tools he's good on the mic maybe he's yeah. a little bit flamboyant you know and bright yeah. You know, it looks like when I see him that he he fit he would fit more like a '90s 2000 wrestling kind of mm-hmm. motif with the mohawk, the bright colors. Yeah, I, I don't, and I'm, I know I'm a loud personality. I think if he brings it down a notch, color wise, yeah. the mohawk, you know, grow the, the, the sideburn, you know, handlebar mustache, yeah, and he can come back with a different persona, much of a change. I mean, just more, more. I think his persona would match the look. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the book would match the cover. He could be in there because he was part of uh, Taz's group at one point. Yeah. And he yeah. was, he had the FTR belt. That's true. Or FTW. FTW, thank you. FTR, I think FTR is a Some... group. FTW belt. Yeah, he had the FTW belt for a while. You know, yeah, Powerhouse like, Hobbs. He's like a, he's a very, because he was great in Lucha Underground too. If you mm-hmm. ever watched that, because that's where he's right. from. That's where he started with Lucha Underground. And again, that's another fed I watched because it was just crazy Luchador wrestling. It made no sense, but I loved it. Because um, that's where he got introduced to uh, Penta. And yeah. uh, I think Ray Phoenix wrestled there. I'm not too, actually, I don't think he did. But then he also had Prince Puma, which is, well, uh, what's his face? Ricochet is Prince Puma. So it's like all those guys. That did great stuff, but he was in there as the the machine, right? And mm. it, he was great there. And I feel like they're just like I don't know why they just can't like just just push him. They don't even have to push him every day. They could just give him a push. Like if Adam Cole wins the belt, which he probably will, push mm. this dude to him as like here's a big obstacle for this small little dude to go against this big behemoth because we know he can move and do stuff. It could. It just makes sense. Just clash them together. I don't care if he loses, but like right. put it together. What what Brian Cage, you need me as your manager. Right? Very simple. <laughs> because I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now how it's gonna go. If I had if I was his manager, his mouthpiece, so to speak, okay, mm-hmm. if I was his Teddy Long, turn around and say, Okay, first we're gonna change your you know, your look and what your your ring attire a little bit. 
That's one. Yeah. Two, we're going to get a hell catchphrase called Uncage the Machine. Yeah. There we go. He's, he's known as Brian Cage the Machine. Yeah. Stop the Brian. Put the un in front of there. That's, that's your merchandise right there. Uncage yeah. the Machine. Yeah. Right? Almost like, you know, feed me more. And then when you go in there and you just wreck shop, just yeah. walk in there, do the running, do the running. Couple of yeah. matches, disrupt things. Just say, you know what? And then turn a little bit eelish and be like the anti hero. He just yeah. comes out to the middle of a match, beats down somebody, grabs the microphone, is like, I'm sick and tired of being passed on all the time. You yeah. know what? If you're not going to give me my opportunity, opportunity, I want to take it. Uncage the machine. Throw the mic away, walk out. Yeah. You want to see how fans are going to react to that? We're like, yeah. Oh, oh, Brian, Brian's not playing no more. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. And, and and seriously, uncage the machine and then do everything called on, you know, uh, on spot or on notice. You know what I mean? On site. That's it. That's yeah. his whole thing would be on Uncaged site. On site. If he just said on site, that'd be great. Like, imagine him just cutting a promo and just be like, it's on site. And then, like, you'd be, all of us who know the slang would be like, oh, someone's dying. <laughs> when is Cage showing up, right? Like, what day and when? And it's just like, is it today that it's on site? Like, because they're just throwing the threat out there. Because, like, what I would do with the, on top of your idea is, yeah, I'd have him written off TV for like three months, right? So yeah. he beats the crap out of Swerve. He's like, I'm done with this place. So he's gone, right? Uh-huh. Let him heal a little bit, work on his physique. And then he comes back and he does what you say. Cause, like, just let him go away, you know? Like, maybe lose the belts too and all that jazz. Like, have a bad yeah. run. And then just like, Mobile Embassy isn't for me. Just like, power bombs the crap out of Swerve. Like, just obliterates them and then grabs the mic. He's like, I'm out of here. And then just drop it and gone. And then everyone would be like, where's Cage? Right? Just let him go away and be like, where's Cage? And then to maybe drop a couple vignettes of a cage being uncaged, like something cool. <laughs> like a beast of a tiger coming out of the cage. I don't know. And people would be like, what's that? That's, you know, okay. That's something AEW does not do well or at all is a good old-fashioned vignette. You know what I'm saying? Hype me up. That's what I need. I need to be hyped. You want that. And I said, you, and the fact that he does the whole on-site persona, yeah. you know the vignettes he can do? He can literally walk to a... Because whenever the wrestlers go to town, they're always I'm in hotel you. rooms or in hotel rooms, I already rooms, know right? what you're saying. I'm with it. Brian Cage can come to the door like how Stone Cold Steve Austin did with Vince McMahon when he was yeah. in the hospital. Just show up. Knock. He's like, yeah, room service. And you know, Mr. comes over and his jeans and a t-shirt opens the door and it's Brian Cage. He's like, Brian? On site. Ah. Yeah. Beats him down. Yeah. Walks away. Catches yeah. another wrestler walking out of his car. Beats him down backstage. Walks away. Right? So much. Hey, man, I'm getting something from the cafeteria. They turn around. Brian Cage is there. On site. And it doesn't matter if it's a heel or, yeah. uh, uh, or a baby face, anybody, because it's on site, just to prove a point that how bad yeah. he is, you know, that you can't mess yeah. with him. And he goes, I and and that works. all the talent until I get a match. And that works with or without a belt. It makes him a threat because it's like, okay, he has the belt. He's kicking him with butt. But when he doesn't have the belt, it's like, go away a little bit. On site, you're the new target. And he's coming back to kill someone, right? It's so simple. So simple. And his theme music could just be some dude screaming on site. Like, and the, that would pop people. If the music was right and it goes on site and everyone, like, big thing. Like, just think about it. <laughs> just think about it. 
Brian. <laughs> Brian. Call us. We got, we got ideas. You. We got you. We can you. make him a star. We can make him a star. We can make you a star with merchandising. Would go through the roof. Call us. Dude, I'd have an on-site shirt. It has like a cool like bullseye on it, or, like a target. He could have like all these like wanted posters of like all the wrestlers that just like says on site. Like, the, the ideas are nice. endless. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that's it. And he's not even a bullseye. You get like one of those cogs, like you know, one of those machine cogs, and then you put yeah. the bullseye in that. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a good idea. <laughs> Mr. Brian Dude, Cage. That's a good idea. <laughs> we got you. We got you. We want you. We not 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 say you know, we want you yes. to succeed. All right, on, that's, to, okay, that's, to the that's moon, right. right? Right? You can do it. We, <laughs> next wrestler, let's go. Okay. All right, <laughs> one by one, <laughs> we're breaking next? it down today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're breaking it down. Who's next? Who, who's next? Okay, so all right, okay, and I know here's a, another topic that you're passionate about is the female division in AEW. Yeah, I'm like. I'm not, I wouldn't say like passionate about it. I find it very interesting <laughs> of how right. it's just ran. You know what I'm saying? And how things are not like it's so lackluster compared to like all the other female wrestling that's going on out there. And then just mm. watching this, where it's kind of just like, what is this? It seems so so band aids thrown together. Like, and I'm, I'm not dissing the the wrestling or anything like that. Oh. It's just the product and how it's being presented to you feels like it's an afterthought every single time it's there like even right now going towards all in the they're having the tournament right for the four uh for what is it the four versus one whatever the four way right. sorry for her belt and i'm like what is this like why there's no story here to get me involved and the only thing they said like two weeks ago was it's tradition for the woman's uh title to be defended in a four-way match and i'm like that's bullshit. I'm sorry I swore, but that's bull. Like, give me some story to get into this. Like, right. I need something. I, I need something. something. You know, and I agree with you because, and I was very, you know, at the very beginning of uh, AEW, and they started kind of going with the wrestlers. Everyone has their favorites. And yeah. then Britt Baker came out. Mm-hmm. And for how she started and where she ended up, yeah. And I mean this in a positive way. She just went right up. Like she's the one that stood oh, up. Yeah. And yeah. then she solidified herself when she did that one match and she and got some color on her. I mean, she was yeah. busted open, blood to the point where even Mick Foley went, Holy crap, mm-hmm. great match. Like she yeah. built a storyline up there. Um, the fact that they, you know, uh, CM Punk was saying, Oh, well, you know, uh, this person, this person, and Britt Baker is one of the four pillars yeah. of AEW wrestling, and he was saying that to MJF, and that was building up that story. And he was mm-hmm. like, even Britt Baker is doing better than you. So that yeah. was a nice sub-story that was going, a subplot that was happening, but to show that she made one of the four pillars as a female wrestler, where we know it's a male-dominated industry, it was really mm-hmm. refreshing to see, and I was all for her run, be it if she's babyface or heel, I was all down with DMD. You understand? Yeah, yeah. And, and she built that story up. And then after she had the belt and then she lost it, you're right. It's almost like they didn't know what to do. And then Seraya mm-hmm. came in, who was Paige from WWE. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's got ideas. He's yeah. going to come on and, and, and be refreshing. It's exciting to see her back after her neck injury. She's finally cleared to get in there. Good. And I yeah. liked what her idea. So I'm not sure if she's losing... Um, re, you know, or there's resistance behind the curtain, 
that mm-hmm. she's not getting to go. But the whole thing that she's got going on with her team right now, right? She started up a stable. Uh, yeah. yeah I, and the name is escaping me right now. It's, um, oh my God, they all call it one of the losers. Outsiders. Always, the outsiders, the outsiders. Right. Yeah. Right. So to me, that's very NWO. Yeah. Because we're not getting any vignettes, we're not getting the NWO feel. They yeah. should run in there and, you know, interference of matches. And what they yeah. should do is really follow the NWO playbook. If you looked at the earlier day of the Outsiders where Kevin, um, Scott, and Scott, uh, Holland Nash first came mm-hmm. in to WCW, they were bad guys, but you know yeah. why they were different? Not because of who they were, what they did. They yeah. came in there, they made their vignettes. And then the best part is when they got to wrestle, they were bad guys for the first time. They didn't cheat. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just went out and wrestled. They, yeah. they were so confident. It's like, we're so good. We don't even have to cheat. We're going to win yeah. the match without cheating to show you how good as us as the outsiders are, yeah. even before Hulk Hogan came and joined us. And so that was also yeah. to just show that the WCW talent were jabronis compared to yes. them. And that's true. It made them, it elevated them so much where they were just like, you don't want to mess with these guys. Like, you don't, you don't want to. And it's like, that's what happened and made them a right. dominant team, right? So one, they Soraya's got to really, you know, they got to give her more free reign because she did that woman's lumberjack match, which was fun. They got to let her really run with the idea a little bit more and get mm-hmm. behind her. The writers got to get behind that a little bit more. But then they need to select a foil for them to fight. Yeah. You know, for example, you had, um, was it the New Age Outlaws? Or you had like a DX and they yeah. were d- fighting The Rock and they were fighting Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was their main nemesis. Yeah. The Outsiders, NWO, was fighting Sting at the time before he joined. There was, yeah. So you need a hero to fight the villains. If they're going to be the villain stable, one, don't cheat. Give them a little bit more screen time, and they need someone to go against. And it can't be Britt mm-hmm. uh, Brit Baker. She's already over. And so it's got to be somebody that's going to come out and say, I've had enough, and yeah. really push that as a storyline. Yeah. Them higher. And that's like, I I almost feel like her their story stuff is kind of just dead in the water though because it's been mishandled so much that now they've already spent it you know what I'm saying and they're just like well we're just gonna rehash the same old stuff you know what I'm saying and it's just like okay we have to kind of reboot it again this idea it's like it's every idea for the women's wrestling always seems to start off good. And it's like a good shotgun blast, like, bang, we're loving it. And then it just dwindles away into nothing because, again, there's no vignette support. There's, like, no trash, like, no no talking segment support. The matches are short. They don't even sometimes have matches, right? You have to kind of follow three different shows, sometimes four, right? Because ROH has stuff, too, right? To kind of piece together what the hell the women are doing in this wrestling landscape right unlike wwe which is very straightforward you have what's going on raw and what's going on smackdown and all the players are there it's not the best either but at least you kind of can see i can watch all the story beats in one spot unlike AEW, which is a it is kind of a mess it really is when it comes to the women's division and i don't know what you do other than let's restart (laughs) you know what i'm saying like just let's blow it all up after this four-way fatal four-way match, let right. Sheeta win it because, like, why not? Unless Jamie Hayter's showing up, which I don't think she is. I think she's still cl- not cleared to wrestle. I think she's in right. 
But like, let's see them win. When she's clear, she'd be a great person to go against them. Uh, my yeah. thing is, if they want to be different, now you, you want to be different, but not peel back a little bit, a couple of layers from the curtain. Mm-hmm. I would turn around and say, hey, guys, you know, if I was, let's say, part of that group with uh, Sierra and all that, it's like, uh, Sierra, I would walk out and say, hey, guys, I'm supposed to wrestle so and so tonight. Not going to happen. I don't like the booking. Why are they booking me this way? Mm-hmm. I'm this kind of champion. This is the way I am. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, bring me someone like that, you know. And yeah. by the way, they couldn't make it to the ring because, uh, well, and they could put a camera backstage. You see, she got jumped or whatever. Her opponent, yeah. you know. I want to fight so and so, and then and put it. It's like if the bookers aren't going to book me properly, I'm going to go out there and wrestle a booker. Like as stupid as that sounds, mm-hmm. have them walk into the one of the, the the rooms where one of the writers is, or a writer yeah. <laughs> who's going to take those uh, those lumps them kick down the door and turn around and say you're the booker what am i doing what is this no scream time if i'm not getting cool. no scream time let him beat yeah. up eight girl have, have yeah. a, a guy or a girl there pretending to be the writers or the booker for the Hometown show hero have the man handle him <laughs> walk out there you know which heat that would start yeah that'd be nice yeah that, to me it's a, a different aspect so you yeah. got you know the women's division you're right it needs a shot in the arm yeah, know, because they have great wrestlers. They, can they really wrestle. do. They yeah. really do. <laughs> some of those wrestlers are better than the guys that are on the show. You know, yes. take away some of the guys on the show because some of them make no sense to me. Like, I mean, he was Johnny Nitro, now he's Johnny TV. Yeah. When you, I like. I love him. Johnny Nitro, but <laughs> come on. First of all, his name's Johnny TV now. I know. Right? I can't. I can't. And he's got the move set. <laughs> But when he yeah. comes in now, I find that he's a little bit fifth. Like he, he he's slipping off the top ropes. He's he's not hitting his marks. It's mm-hmm. you went and you were on the big screen for you're on two big companies. Yeah, you know don't don't mail it in. Yeah, be, be a little bit more prepared. Work off the ring rust if you have to off camera, not on camera because it's very apparent when it happens. Yeah. So yeah, it's like no, I'm not. Um. I'm drawing a blank on her name right now, but like, oh no! So like, AEW has like some actual like faces right now when it comes to the women's division because they have Sky Blue, who yep. everyone loves, and yep. she's great. I've watched her wrestle outside of the AEW, like in the indie talents. She's super good, and she's great in the ring here too. Like, I like watching her go out there and do her thing, and she right. is an underdog kind of like wrestler too because she's so small. And, like, we could be pushing her to the moon. And we also have Willow Nightingale, who's super over. Whenever she's there, this crowd goes nuts for her. I'm like, yeah, I'm down, too. So, like, we have certain faces there. Jamie Hayter will be a face when she comes back instantly. So it's like there's something to cook there, too, that could, like, right now while Jamie's away, the I uh I was going to say call them the Iconics for a second there, but they're not. But the Outsiders (laughs) should just be, like, running – ramp it on the women every time just like beating the crap out of them to a point where it builds up so much heat and like your stuff too like you're not booking me like like build up all this heat so when hater comes back it's like here we are here it is it's ready for you to just dismantle this whole crew this this one person right and it's like absolutely like that alone would be like oh and like even have like the fan favorites like sky blue get decimated by them right just do it yeah. again. I know it's already been done. I know it's already been Build done. Build up the heat. Do it again because like we can, we can do things again. It's, it's wrestling, but it's like wrestling. 
but like add in more vignettes, like really build this heat up so it's a, like a, a simmer, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden you just drop Jamie Hayter into this. Their music hits, like especially like they're beating down Willow Nightingale, then Sky Blue comes to save the day or something. They're getting beaten down. They're like, you know, you have Jim Ross going, what's going to happen? Who can help, you know? Boom, you hit her yeah. music. Jamie Hader comes running out. Should we, he'd go, oh, my God, it's Jamie Hader, like, right? Like, It'd be like Stone Cold when he came back from his injury. Exactly. And then the crowd will just freaking erupt. Jamie Hader's stunning everyone, whatever her finisher is. It doesn't matter. Just beats the crap out of everyone. <laughs> like, it's simple math. It's simple math, man. <laughs> so simple. Two plus two is four. Like, <laughs> we can make this happen. And then underneath that, like, banner of action that's happening we can start developing some new stars coming up right like there's a lot to go on and also say jamie Hader can't come back you know who could come back and take this spot jade cargill could just show yes. up and be yes. the hero she's so like i it took me a while to cook but I, I let her cook you know what i'm saying yeah. i had to get into her because like first i'm like you're so green but then just watch her do her thing they built her correctly Evolve. man she evolved, she got better. And now she's been gone for months. And I'm like, I'm ready for some Jade Cargill. So they could hit her freaking music, you know? And then the, I think everyone would erupt just because Jade Cargill's back. She went 61 in O, right? Like, yeah, like she's a big deal to AEW. So her coming back to save uh, Sky Blue and Willow, that would be freaking nuts, you know? Like, what is this? Like, there's. There's options. We have options. We can There's build options. The whole- <laughs> they just got to get to it, you know, be it if it's yeah. booking, if it's the contracts. I don't know what's going on. You know, I mean, we can't speak on that because I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a lot of uh, – those are great ideas. And, and what about you, Rod? I know you kind of briefly looked at some of them. So has any of them stood out to you or did you see a match or – Well, I was – um, who is it? F, F – uh, let me get back. MJF? Oh, my God. MJF was one. But after the tag team, the tag oh, team, FTR. Uh, FT, FTR, FTR was very, uh, very, very, uh, rough and nice in a sense, like, you know, like we're here to like take names and not even leave any, you know, any information. I'm just gonna take someone's name and just take on someone's life. I'm like, Oh, okay. You, <laughs> you guys, you guys are serious. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I liked, I liked him with that. Um, what was it? We were just talking, um, M, MJ. MJF? MJF. See, all these abbreviations. God forgive me. I'm terrible with abbreviations. Just give me your full name, man. Oh, not too <laughs> long. Too long. Okay, back, to back to abbreviations. Back to abbreviations. Back to abbreviations. Uh, yeah, but no, he, he's, he seems to be, at least I thought, I saw the latest, uh, um, what was it, like, from last week? Last week, anyway. He was um, giving an opportunity to, to his friend Adam Cole. for a title match. And I was like, oh, that is so nice. And so, I love you, man. I love you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, look at his brothers, you know, about to go to the battlefield. But we, I love you. I may kill you. But <laughs> I love you. I'm like, dang, this is, he's different. He's different. Indie. And then, like you said, indie, like you could see. And that's where I was like thinking, like, you're going to go against a champ. Like, like your champ, is, your champ is giving you the opportunity. But I'm like. You you better have some techniques that I don't know about. He don't even know about it. You can put him in a submission hole and just like saying, I'm going to tap you out right now. I'm like, I'll, I'll be watching. I'll watch that. I'll watch it when it comes out. <laughs> right now in AEW, when it comes to storytelling, MJF. 
mm-hmm. God, it, it, to show you, like you're calling that out. So MJF usually plays a heel, like he's straight up heel, mm-hmm. pure bad guy, backstab you. Like he was with Jericho at one point, broke okay. out, you know, broke up Jericho's group, formed his own group called the Pinnacle. He had FTR as part of his group as his tag team division members of his group. Then the group just kind of fizzled out. And then he's just been rotten to the core. Got the belt, right? Still carrying on, like, whatnot. And then he had to do a blind tag match. So he got paired with Adam Cole. So Adam Cole over in New Japan. Was, that was Adam Cole, yeah. Adam yeah, Cole. right. And, and you know, and, and NXT. And they put the two of them together. And at first, they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then they're trying to... They, they humanize. They 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 slowly changed see that. MJF from a heel to a baby face somewhat. And he has sparks of heel moments. But you see, Adam Cole is supposed to be having this influence on him. And in one quick vignette they did, you know, they're sitting there like, look, man, I know um, I got put here with you. And, and Adam's talking to MJF. He goes, hey, you know, we got put together in a match. You know, Adam, uh, so you, know, uh, you know, Maxwell, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Uh, I, I see that you had no friends and all that. You know, my original plan was to kind of team up with you, get a title shot, and then, like, backstab you, right? And and, and MJF's like, what? What was my plan? You were going to backstab me? I was going to backstab you. And they started bonding. <laughs> yeah. Now, MJF is so good at storytelling that he went from being <laughs> a despicable heel Mm-hmm. Now he's a baby face. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, yeah. is he? We we don't know to the point. Yeah, we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. You never know. Yeah, that's he played the long a, game. That's how good of a storyteller he is. Because yeah. you're always expecting that he's going to drop the shoes, going to drop off the other foot. Like he's going to backstab him. Everyone yeah. sees. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is is with Adam Cole turn heel. Will MJF stay as babyface? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what's gonna happen next week at All Way Out, but we're gonna be at Chris Jarvis' place watching it. So <laughs> I'm gonna be missing it. I'll be there at the later. I'll be there later. I'll be there later. Yeah, I, I got yeah, to work first, but I thought <laughs> I'm being there. But, but that's the thing, though. So he's yeah. been telling the story now for months. Little quick shots there. If you want to know about storytelling, this guy started off. Let me tell you how much I love MJF. MJF started off. You see him, if you watch an old school clip of WWE, I can't remember, he was working as a security guard walking, yeah. I can't remember if it was, I can't remember who he was walking to the ring. It was was he walking, was it? Was it The Rock? I think it's The Rock. And The Rock, I, the I think Rock The Rock pushed walking? him back. I think so. Yeah, it was someone he was walking to the ring and they pushed him back and you realize it's MJF. Yeah. Right? So that's on his journey up. He got, he won, I think he won an Emmy Award for Best Song Live Performance. Yeah. For because he came out and he did a whole singing like he sung with a yeah. with a whole band like a classic Frank Sinatra whole thing and he won an award for it, which is cool. N- unheard of in wrestling, you know. Yeah. Usually, when you think about wrestlers singing, you're thinking about you know rock and you know the rock and roll like, WWF. I just want to point a thing in here. See mm-hmm. all the time and attention that the men's division gets to tell these great stories because. There's a, so many great stories going on right now, but the women get none. You know what I'm saying? They don't get enough time to do their thing. And it's just throwaway matches. And they're still good matches, but we don't get to be invested in them. Like, we're invested 
like sort of laissez-faire, right? But look how invested yeah. we are with MJF and Adam Cole. We're like, yes, because mm-hmm. they've had the vignette times, they've had the the in-ring time, they've had the mic time. Like, I think if we could sit down and go through the archive of this, just this snippet of Adam Cole and MJF together, how much time they've been able to put into it on the screen compared to anything that the women have done, right? Like. We're like it's almost impossible for us to get invested in this fatal four way match when we're like, I'm already invested in the Adam Cole match for sure. The yep. Young Bucks match don't even need a story <laughs> for that, but I'm ready for nope. it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's straightforward. Round three, yes, done. Don't <laughs> they don't even have to talk anymore? You know what? We're already invested in Kenny Omega. Whoever he fights, we don't care. It's like true, whatever, because there are all these established things like wrestling wise, but like the women's match is just this thing, you know, it's just here. There's not enough history. We have to get invested no. in it. And you're right. Cause I think it's like, like, we should... like the history, the, some of the history that is there is something that you already brought up, right? Like we have Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, which is by far probably the best AEW match that they've ever done or for the women's division to date. And that's been what, two years ago, I think. I think that happened during COVID, right? There was like no yes. one in the ring for that match, right? Yeah. So, and we still look back to that match very fondly, but like nothing has come from it. You know what I'm saying? Other than Britt Baker became a megastar. Eventually, Thunder Rosa won the belt a little too late, I think, for her. Then she got injured. And yes. she had to relinquish it to Tony Storm, yep. who became the interim, which they ran an okay story there. And then, yeah, the thing with Tony Storm though, they they should have given her the belt officially instead of saying intro because I've never yes. seen that before. And they dragged that out, and then when they finally officially gave it to her, she pretty much lost it. Yeah, which is like she stuff. lost it. And they're like, oh well, she's not the interim champion; she was a champion. So it's like, yeah, you know, come on. So I, they're they're not giving her all her her, her, yeah. her roses. And like right now with her in in particular, I'm kind of curious to see what they're doing with her because I like the little bit of TV time she gets. She's acting very distraught without the belt anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in what she's what she's putting out there. I'm like, what is this? So is she starting to be like this champion, like that the championship meant so much to her that she doesn't know her identity anymore? So I'm kind of like, I'm interested in Tony Storm and her um, fall from grace, so to speak. But like, yes. where is it going to go? Like, she's not in the ring wrestling anyone. Because like, if she gets into the ring, I want to see her wrestling ruthlessly. Because she's so distraught. She's not trying to win clean or anything like that. She wants to just, she's she's out of it, you know? So I want to see her bring a chair in and just punk someone in the head with it and be like, well, I don't care about wins right now. I, I want the belt, you know? Like, just be yep. a little crazy because she's building this, like, craziness little persona. I feel it. I feel it in the air, man. <laughs> but I just don't know if they're going to let it happen, you know? Something's cooking. I definitely right. can see it. And it's yes. like, okay, so where do I have to wait for this? Like, where is it going? Like, I need it. Like, <laughs> You know, I, I get you. And I, I like the cross-promotion that they do. So, one, they need that. So, one, I want to see more of that cross-promotion. I, I like when, you know, for example, I didn't know much about it before, but then I dove all into him, and that's Will Ospreay and, and Jade Empire. Oh, yeah, I love them. Yo, that's a fraction. Yeah. That's how you run stuff. You know? Yeah. And he's and, like like the king in a sense like when you see him he's got the bravado the swagger like i'm will osprey no one can mess with me except kenny omega <laughs> right yep. and his faction looks cool you know what i'm saying 
yeah. they're all tripped out. Like they got the matching gear. They they they're coordinated. They 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 understand the function of the group, and they've been succeeding that way. And yes. when they come over and cross over, anytime Will comes over. Um, to AEW, it's like, oh, okay, it's yeah. on. Like everyone's yeah. on notice. You know what I mean? And it's beautiful to see. To your point, I get it. The, I think that some of the vignettes that do happen, they they happen in the male and men division, and some of it we don't need. Like mm. I don't need to know. Like right now, he's not making me excited. It's like Jack Perry. It doesn't make me yeah. excited. You know, so Jack Perry. The whole thing with mm. Hook, it, it didn't it didn't excite me in mm. any way to see as a storyline. It's okay. I I, I like the more as Jungle Boy. I know he's trying to be a heel. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so, can not... I tell you my theory about this? Yes. So, my theory is they're doing this ECW run because mm. Jack Perry sucks on the microphone. Yes. And so, to get better as a person on the microphone, you got to go heal because you can say whatever you want outlandishly and you'll yep. get over. You know what I'm saying? So, I think he's learning microphone skills on the job training. And the best mm-hmm. way to go about this is let's usher out some EC, ECW alumni who can wrestle and talk because, like, RVD can do all that. Yes, and then can. put on a good match because Jungle Boy can wrestle. I will not oh, take no, that away no from him. He can wrestle. He yeah. can wrestle. But he yeah. sucks on the mic and he has – his character is not developed to a certain level where I'm like, I need that on the screen today. He's not Darby Allen like, for you, right? Like, you see Darby Allen, you're like, yes. Let's go. And I don't yeah. even like Darby Allen. I don't like him, but I know really? some cool stuff's gonna happen. I'm not a fan of I his love character. Darby Allen. I'm not a fan I'm of like his character. Crazy. Yeah, he is crazy. Like that's the thing though. I appreciate what he does. And I'm right. like, oh, we're gonna get something cool here, but I just don't like the character. I'm so you know what it, you know what he did? <laughs> he beat up too many big guys and it bugs me. Okay. Right. Like when he <laughs> lost to Miro, I'm like Get out of here. <laughs> like, Miro beat the crap out of you for like 10 minutes straight, and then you got a stupid roll-up pin. And I'm like, I'm done with you, Darby. And he's done it to Samoa Joe, like the machine. Uh, like I said, Miro. And I'm like, get out of here. I can't buy that. I'm a, I love big wrestlers. <laughs> Same here. Was so, they utilized properly? Like I said, Miro, you know, Samoa yeah. Joe is another one. And I, I yes. get like I, I mean he didn't even show you like I said it before in our last one and I and I'm waiting for the movie to come out. There's a biopic of a movie uh, on the Von Erichs, the Von oh, Erich yeah. uh, family coming out. Yeah, right. And in that movie is Zac Efron. So he bulked up. You could see you can find pictures of him online. He got his hair yeah. grow out and to play one of them. And then also playing one of the Von Erichs is MJF. Oh yeah, that's why MJF wasn't on screen that much on because he was doing the movie. Yeah, so. I'm curious to see what it's going to be because it's going to take it to a different level. But, you know, this, but as I said, um, Jack Perry, can he wrestle? Sure. Yes. I, I, he should have learned more. I don't know what it was, but he had Christian kind of mentoring him. Mm-hmm. I, I was expecting him. I was hoping that he would have gathered more from Christian. Having but Christian I think there. it's hard to be a face. I do. I think it's hard to be a face. Like, to be a genuine, true face and get over I mm-hmm. think it's a lot harder than it is to be a heel to get over. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And He'll so him being a face, I just don't think he was ready for it. I think it takes more work and more skills yeah. to become an over face than a heel, heel. Right. And I just don't think he was ready to be that face with the microphone. So him yeah, turning because... heel is the best thing that could happen to him. Really? Yeah, it could happen to him, but I don't need to see it on screen because that take that off screen for me so, and, mm-hmm. and keep it really short and sweet and let some of the females get in there and, and 
start flexing their their vocal cords to build up the yeah. matches. That's yeah. that's what I'm talking about because what I'm looking at is like okay, you got Jack Perry, got him, and then he was dealing with Christian at one point. Christian really great on the mic. You know, yeah. he doesn't even have to wrestle. He just comes in there. He talks. You're, you're okay. You're in there. Yeah. And charisma. And he, literally, his name was Captain Charisma. And but the thing is, you put Jack Perry with Hook. Hook doesn't talk. Hook can yeah. wrestle. Hook yeah. doesn't talk. So to be a heel, the someone that doesn't talk at all is like, you know, you're in a room by yourself, right? Yeah. Which is another wrestler. That's another wrestler that needs to learn the mic. Like Taz can talk. Oh so gosh, yeah. Hook like Hook better get ready. Like he needs to talk, and like Taz talked from the heart, which made him even more believable, right? Yeah. Like you felt like when Taz talks, you're going to die. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, and that just and that's the same thing with Samoa Joe. That's why I love Samoa Joe. When Samoa Joe kill you. talks, you know someone's dying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's so Joe, believable. <laughs> of course, it's believable. What did Joe do yeah. in, in Impact, right, or in TNA? Oh, he, I yeah. Who, I think it was wrestling, wrestling um, AJ Styles. And yeah. he turned around and he beat him to like a bloody pulp at one point. And yeah. then he and AJ had like a towel that he had like blood on. Joe took the towel. And every week Joe came out, he had the towel with AJ's blood on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and his whole thing is Joe's gonna kill you. That's yes. his that's his entry music. Joe's gonna kill you. You're like, wow, Joe's gonna kill you. It's, and he will. Another DNA. Yeah. And like that's a guy. Like you could put that belt on him right now, the AEW Championship, and it'd just be in safe hands, <laughs> right? Like I could yeah. see him just go in there. I'm like, I'm beating both of you right now for this belt. <laughs> you both I'm suck. So <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm Samoa Joe. Get out of here. <laughs> but like, he's That's another guy. He's another guy. Great on the mic. Great wrestler. Like all around dude. Super believable. And it's just like. Why, like, is there, like, I always wonder this about wrestling in general. It's just, like, these, like, really, really talented individuals, like, are they, like, talk, like, sharing their wealth of knowledge and, like, helping people practice in the back? Like, like, I know it's, like, maybe it's not a right thing to say, but, like, like maybe it's mansplaining in the back, right? Where, they're like, Samoa Joe approaches these women and be like, here's how we do this. Like, here's some ideas. And, like, I'm always curious about, like, the... Just the behind the rings scenario of like, are they mentoring. helping? Is there mentoring? Like, what's going on in that aspect? Because they ha- like AEW has some killers on the mic, yes. straight up, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm just always wondering, like, do they rent out like the Ramada conference room? <laughs> it's like, hey, show up for uh, uh, hot mic 101 with uh, Samoa Joe, and we're gonna have a little mentor session. It's mandatory, by the way. Like, <laughs> if not, Joe's gonna so, kill you. Yeah. Um, so I've always wondered that they do that. You know. You know what? And to the degree I can answer that because I've heard them mention that before. So each a mm-hmm. lot of the more experienced wrestlers have turned around and, for example, like him or not, CM Punk. CM Punk says, "Hey, right. I'm not gonna approach any wrestler, but if a wrestler comes up to me and says, "Hey, what can I do better?" or "What what can I?" You know, CM Punk would give knowledge behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Christians mentioned that. The big believer in that is Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Let's go and give that man his flowers. Chris Jericho has reinvented himself over the years for his yeah. career. When he got to AEW, look what he did. He got first he formed a group and he formed the inner circle. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh Santana or and Ortiz, huge Jericho fans. But they mm-hmm. never, you know, they, they loved Jericho. They even, you know, and when they Jericho turned around and said, Hey, I'm forming a, a new fraction for AEW. 
these are the kind of people I want with me. I need a tag team division, uh, two guys do the tag team division, want to do like a cruiserweight, I'll do the heavyweight. Yeah. And he had it all mapped out. And he handpicked who he wanted. And he handpicked Santana and Ortiz. And they're like, he knows us? He he wants us? So yeah, I want you guys yeah. to join the inner circle. He goes, I want you. I want, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara. And he said, all these guys have the potential to go up multiple levels. Yeah, He formed the inner circle to not only have a fraction on TV, but to teach them behind the scenes. And now what they do with it yeah. after the fact, when the group broke up, is because he took them as far as he could. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. if you look at Santana Ortiz, people want them back. It's just that they had their own difference of opinion. So one was yeah. out with an injury. There's a difference of opinion. One wants to keep going. One doesn't want to keep going. That's a different story with them. But he brought mm-hmm. them to a different level, higher than what they were before. Than when yeah. they were LAX. Sammy Gravera. Look at Sammy. Sammy yeah. doesn't need and he's he, he gets a pop, be it if you boom or not. People yeah. still love Sammy. Right? Yeah. So everyone from the inner circle, he mentored. And mm-hmm. he was doing the same thing for the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Until they just broke up. Yeah. And we'll see what happens out of that. Yeah. And once again, Sammy was a part of that. But you had like, you know, uh Cool uh, Hand uh, Luke yeah. and Magic Tiny Mike. Magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah, that makes sense. yeah and, and like even i guess like at the beginning too like taz had the ftw crew right yeah so he had who was that starks powerhouse hobbs and the machine Cage. right yeah, yeah. brian Cage, and, like, so, and then he brought in uh his son at one point hook and his son point yeah so like right. that was like a little faction too so i'm sure taz was probably showing them this is how and if you think about it too he'd be like this is how big guys wrestle you know what I'm saying? Maybe that's what his whole his crew was like. I'll show you. This is how the big guys get over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is, that makes sense. So who's yeah, in the but look who, at Ricky Starks? The, Ricky Starks is not a big guy like no. Powerhouse Hobbs or um, Brian Cage. Yeah. Right? But he's still over. He comes in mm-hmm. there. He hits that. Yeah. He's starting to get into his own now too. Like it, it's yes. starting to happen for him. Because I remember watching him back in NWA, uh, NWA Power on YouTube. I consume a lot of wrestling. <laughs> I do. I consume a lot of wrestling, okay? So I remember Ricky Starks when he was on that, and I was like, who's this guy? He was he was good there. And then when he came over to AEW, I was like, oh, okay, let's see what he can do here. And like now it's been three or four years, right? And now it's Collision. He's pretty much headlining the show there, really. He's in programs with CM Punk. And it's like, all right, I'm on board. And his character's actually gotten cooler. Right, I think that's the main thing with wrestling in general. You got to be cool, you know. Like your character needs to be cool, and that goes down from either if it's a male wrestler or a female wrestler. You got to be cool, you know. And if I can't see coolness, relatable, yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, what what am I looking at here? And that's like Jack Perry. You're not cool. I'm sorry. Maybe he will do right now. No, no. You know, be wild. I I thought I said this to Chris Darby a while ago. I'm like. Cut his hair down to Christian Cage style. Give him the Christian Cage style. Give him the turtleneck and have him become little Christian Cage and like be the heel, but like start copying him, right? Like he learns from him. Like I would like to see elements of Christian Cage seep into this villain that he's becoming. And it'd be like, 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 let's draw some conclusions here. Like, Oh, he's learned. He's he did learn something from Christian Cage, right? And maybe do a little MJF too, because MJF mentioned it. Like, you should be bad. Like, you'll get over. Like, let's draw into these influences. And right now, how how bad is that? Where the champ 
is telling you what to do to follow the yeah. blueprint that he followed and made him yeah. successful. Who he is. Mm-hmm. Who yes. he is. And, and like, he's not he's not listening for some reason. We could even have Jack Perry say it. I'm following the blueprint. Like just like just say it. Make that your catchphrase. That's your I'm tag. following the blueprint. You know? Make that the new merch. The blueprint. He could be the blueprint. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I'm sure Jay-Z will have a problem with that. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, just I don't think he copyrighted the blueprint. I don't know. <laughs> Let's trademark that right now, guys. Oh, man, this is awesome. So, hold on. I know we're doing a whole lot of talking. Rod, man, you, you got any, any point you, you got no, here? Honestly, right? I'm good. I'm I'm getting, I'm like, you know, in the mental notes, like, <laughs> what did Brett say? Say that again. Watch, you got to watch more AEW and, and watch no, no, FTR. 100%. FTR, especially now that, I'll say this for you, Rod, FTR seems to be on their last run. So, if you want to catch them, catch oh, them really? now. Yeah, yeah okay. because I caught them on a podcast, and they're saying that they're going to get the belts maybe one more time do this run and then when this run is done they they plan on retiring right if they go okay yeah. they they've been attacking so from day one this is what i think is going to happen uh young bucks will win against yeah. ftr young bucks will hold the belts the hardys will win the belts off of the Bucks. young buck mm-hmm. right yeah. and then they will retire with the belts then i think we'll have a tournament and then FT, uh, ftr will win again that's why right, I think we'll gotcha. Because I think right. the Hardys are going to have a title run, but I don't see anyone beating them. I could just see them being like, you know, that's it. <laughs> Unless they dropped it to, like, the FTR. That could be cool. Maybe – I don't know if FTR likes, like, them in that way. Like, like they're right. big fans of them. So it's just like, would that be a, a good send-off? Or would the Bucks win again? Like, a round two kind of thing? Yeah. I don't know. No, but I, I just see Hardys are going to have the belts before they retire. And then, yeah, let FTR retire. Because I would like to see them stick around. They're great. They really they're are. They're absolutely great. It's just they turned around in a podcast and they were saying, like, I mean, um, Bax from FDR has his yeah. own YouTube channel. And he was talking about saying, hey, you know what? We, you know, we talked about it. When we retire, we are retiring. Not like one's going to retire and one's going to go on. We're both going to mm. step back. So they've been. That's interesting. Yeah, they've both been compiling. That's that's weird. Because usually if one guy wants to retire, like, all right, see ya. No, it's like when we're done, we're, we yeah. are done. And. They said that they've been saving their money, going back and forth, New Japan and stuff like that, and and they're both investing in real estate or ha- not in. They have been investing in real estate. Yeah. They have a lot of properties, so that's what they're doing to kind of supplement their income going forward. So they he said yeah. this is our last run, and they went mm. from having three belts. So they had the tag yeah. team champion for AEW, they had the tag mm-hmm. team champion for Ring of Honor, right? ROH, and they had the tag team belts also for New Japan. The yeah. same time, or was it Impact? Wow. No, it was New Japan. So at one point, like I think last year, they had three sets of belts. So each guy was coming out with three belts on from three different divisions, and they were like, "Okay, you guys are just bad." Okay, and they, <laughs> no. they ended up losing it. Took a break, came back, got the belts, and they said this is going to be their last, the last hurrah. They had the mm. New Japan belts, the Mexican belts, the AAA belts. Is the other one they had? Oh, okay, because they didn't have the AEW belts at that they time. They didn't have the, the AEW belts. Young Bucks had them at that time, and they, I thought got everyone it. was like, "No, everyone was like, they, why are they not dropping it to them?" You know, so they right. can have all the belts. But they had and New Japan, they had three belts, but AEW's wasn't one of them. Okay, I thought it was a, okay. that time. No, I stand corrected. 
or shit. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe I watched too much wrestling. <laughs> no, it's like oh, no. talk about comic books in every episode. Listen to me, man. Uh, three years in, and we we. It's okay. It's never enough. Yeah, I like. It's a. It's one entertainment that like I've watched my whole life, and I've seen mm. every iteration of it. You know what I'm saying? I've been yeah. watching so much of it, and sure, there's been times where you're like, I'm not watching it right now. Because, like, maybe my friends aren't into it anymore. But then you, you always seem to go back. And then you're just like, man, this thing is still good. You know, it's like the young and the restless. You always go back. <laughs> I was raised on the young and the restless. Okay? So <laughs> that's what wrestling right. is. That's beautiful. Always... All right, so we're going to wrap this up. Okay. Before wrapping up, I'm going to ask everyone one question here. I'm going to start with you, uh, Brett. Regardless of who... Who is your all-time either favorite wrestler, favorite fraction? Who, who is it for you? Who, who's that one you'll always go back and watch all their old school matches of, or whatever? And it doesn't have to be a wrestler; it could be a team, it could be a tag team, it could be a fraction. Whoever, who's the one for you? There's only one. There really is only one, and it's Bret Hart. Bret the okay. Hitman Hart is my guy through and through. Ever since he came out, I'm a Bret the Hitman Hart guy. Um, mm. You know, he got me through a lot, to be perfectly honest, because we both had the same name and it was both spelled right. the same way. And yes, I could, yes. I just had someone like, because like people were always spell my name wrong and stuff like that. And just like, you know, goof with your name. And I'm just like, I'm with him, man. <laughs> him, man spells it this way. I spell it this way. You guys can all screw it, you know? And we're the On best. Sight. <laughs> yeah, we're the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. So it's always going to be the hitman. No matter what. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. How about you, Rod? Who, who stands out? I know the AEW is kind of more newish for you, but how the wrestling yeah. you've watched, who stands out? Like you can watch a match and go, oh, they're on. I'll watch this match again. Yeah. You know what? I, I, Brett definitely brought a good a good man on the on top there, Brett Hart. But I think I would go with Stone Cold. Oh, nice. I think I would go Stone Cold because Stone Cold, you know, he just that. He's just that no care type of rebel, and that's what I like. When I when I watch, I like to see someone who's just basically like, I will just go through you, and I don't care the repercussions. Fire mm-hmm. me, I don't care. I'm taking someone out tonight. Who's standing your way today? Yeah, so, yeah. And then you have Brett versus Stone Cold, which is like the best <laughs> one of the best matches ever <laughs> to be put on film, right? Like, jeez. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Go and watch yeah, it. Yeah, go watch it. Go and watch it. <laughs> that made Stone Cold. That match made Stone Cold, man. Yes, that it did. On the map. That was the yes, match. Yes, it did. Thank you, Hitman. Yeah. yeah, yes, it did. One put one over. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say this for myself. I'm going to go a uh, full-out fraction, so I got to go, like, you know, one I can watch all the time is the, the first run of Degeneration X. Yeah, first run's yeah. great. The first run of Degeneration X, and I'm talking and the New Age Outlaws, because for me, my favorite guy will always be Road Dog. You know, <laughs> that's my yeah. guy. That's my guy. So you get Road Dog, New Age Outlaws, Degeneration yeah. X. That that whole fraction when it was Triple H, China, uh, um, you know, six, right, or or, yeah. or, or, or six pack, and, and then you know the New Age years. Outlaws. Yeah. That, was a fraction the stuff they pulled off especially when they did the whole invasion of wcw when sean was gone and triple h took because that really put triple h on the map as a leader Mm -hmm. and they left their stadium 
because WCW had a, uh, a a match going on or they had an event going on the same night as WWE in the same town, and they went and got a jeep, an army jeep, put on their DX shirts, put on yeah. fatigues, you know, the kind of camouflage pants and the hats, and drove over to the stadium past all the fans and fans like, oh my gosh, is Degeneration X here at a WCW <laughs> event? And they're like, open the door. This is where the big boys play. Eh? What's going on? And they just did a whole. That's what they used to say. You know, home... this is where the big yeah. boys play. That was their, their catchphrase. That's and that's they were that's... catching a whole, they were putting a whole lot of jokes. And even McMahon was saying, yeah, uh, Degeneration X is over where WCW <laughs> is filming. And they were filming it live because that was both the Monday Night Wars that was happening. Yeah. So mm. the whole joke was everybody wanted them to open the door. Everyone would say, what would happen if the door opened? And they asked Eric Bischoff. And Eric's like, I didn't know the Generation X was outside. If I knew they were there, I would have opened the door. Right? Yeah. There's some security guy that was working the event saying, no, 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 we can't let them in. Close the door. Close the door. Right? You had Hall and Nash that were there that are great friends with Triple H. They were like, oh, door. And the door the opened. On the other I... side were nervous that they yeah. actually showed up that night. If that door opened... Wow. <laughs> you must one, wow. the door opens, and two, who comes to the door? Mm-hmm. You got Triple H is there, China's there, you got the New Age Outlaws there. On the other you got you know, you know that Spock yeah. there. If they open the door, who comes to the door? I know like, Kevin Nash said this on his podcast. If he came to the door, he'd be like, Hey guys, come in, let's have a drink. It would have been him and Nash and, and uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, they would have invited him in, have a drink. Yeah. But you got people hmm. like Goldberg and Sting, you know. Who would have been? Mm, mm. <laughs> it would have been awesome. <laughs> it would have been great TV if they would have opened the door. I need to find a universe, a, a multiverse where the door does open. So you know what is TV? funny? We were probably watching that at the same time, <laughs> just in two different spots. Because I know <laughs> I watched that episode. I know exactly everything you're talking about. It's like right. I know me and my crew are watching it, and you and your crew are watching it. <laughs> Absolutely, and I Rest and I was so bad. I had like you know two VCRs, so I had one VCR <laughs> in one room and another VCR in the other room in my room, yeah. and I was taping both shows because I'm flipping between channels to see what's yeah. happening during the Monday Night Wars, and I'm like, oh, they're at the door. They're not mentioning. It. They're still at the door. They're not mentioning. Mm-hmm. It. And I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. So, yeah, that that was to me. It's going to always be the Generation X. Like right now, though, Max Max uh, MJF. Give me those. I've seen it before. Currently, that's my guy. Good or bad, MJF. But you got to go like all time mm-hmm. so far. New, you know, D Generation X. Break nice. it on down. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much, Brett, for coming in on the Iconist podcast here this evening with us. Thank you for having um, me, man. Anytime, open door, man. Anytime, because I love wrestling. We all know that. Poor Rod's got to sit through this. And like, oh gosh, no. I keep telling you, man. It's like it's good. It's good for me. Like I need to just all this knowledge. What I'm hearing from you guys are just dropping out and dropping gems and great in the hole. Oh snap! What are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, it makes sense. I'm loving it. Keep doing it. it Trust and believe, Brett. Absolutely. Make sure you come. We'll, we'll, we'll cut you a key, Brett. Just come on through, man. Thank you. Anytime, Thank you. man. Anytime. You always tell our guests. Anytime, man. So on that note, everyone, thank you once again for year three 
tuning in on the Iconist podcast. The icon is AEW Wrestling with our our, our great guest, uh, median funny guy. Got to check him out. Check out. Make sure you check out his uh his popcorn beard reviews. Is that it? Popcorn beard. Yep, just popcorn beard. Popcorn beard. Check out his reviews. Yep. Check out his channel. Show him some love. This is the Iconist podcast. And on that note, this whole world was created by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. And I got two words for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please subscribe. All right. Oh, nice. On site. Please subscribe.